Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Sean Whalen, and he is going to tell us today uh, about his story, which I find interesting. I know bits and pieces of it, and I think a lot of people may know bits and pieces of it, but today we're going to find out what the whole story is. So, Sean, uh, go ahead. Take take off, brother. What's up, man? Well, thanks for having me, number one. Uh, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to know? Everybody's got a story, like from where, what hospital I was born in to, to you know, what, what do you want to know? What do you want to talk about? So tell me, all right, so walk, you know, kind of not step by step, but, you know, how you grew up. Did you have a good childhood? And then how did that develop into maybe your career, your first business? And I certainly want to hear about, you know, the, the, uh, the incident with the gun. And I want to hear about, what the fuck you're doing now, you know? Yeah. How long is this podcast? Like 10 hours? Is that, is that, you got about 10 <laughs> hours for the whole thing? Dude, I, you know, I grew up, I look, I grew up in a single parent home uh, in, in DC, in Washington, DC. I'm a city kid. Um, you know, dad was an alcoholic, same kind of thing. I mean, average, you know, childhood, both my parents worked. Um, you know, I, I got my ass whooped when I needed to get my ass whooped. And, and uh, you know, I enjoyed growing up. I played baseball. Uh, my parents split up when I was an early teenager, uh, which kind of fucked with, you know, your head if anybody's lived through a divorce or anything like that. Um, and I've always been an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I was never like the rebel purposely. I just starved for attention kind of a kid. Always wanted to get in trouble. Always wanted to do crazy shit. Um, I found myself uh, in my early 20s um, an entrepreneur. I couldn't work a nine to five. I was really good at whatever I did, whether it was sales, this, out of the other. Um, I was just always 37 steps ahead, constantly moving, constantly doing stuff. And, uh, I found a lot of success at a young age. Um, in my early twenties, I made a lot of money, continued to grow, continued to grow, made a ton of money. Um, doing, and uh, I lived, what? what were you doing? So I was in the real estate game and the mortgage game. I made most of my money in my early twenties in the mortgage game. I sold cars for a while, I sold insurance for a while. And then I really found a niche in the, uh, in the real estate game, in the mortgage game, um, and then parlayed a lot of that money into my own investments, my own deals, and uh, 2008 rolled around, and, and I found myself getting my ass kicked. So I had lived this life where, you know, I was told at a young age, this is what life looks like, right? You go to school, you get a job, you grow, you climb the corporate ladder, here's where you end up, you get a gold watch, you retire, then you can have some fun in life, you roll over, then you die. I was just a little bit different, you know, I was really successful found myself at 30 years old. 
I had the houses, I had the cars, I had the Rolexes, I had all the shit that successful people have, but I wasn't happy. And at the end of the day, it was kind of that, you know, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And I had, I don't know what a midlife crisis is, uh, but if it means leaving your marriage, leaving your business, uh, sticking your head up your ass for a couple of years, that's pretty much what I did. Uh, I found myself in a really depressed state. And a lot of people say, well, dude, you had everything. Like you had, you know, everything that you were supposed to have and you were crazy successful, but I didn't know why the hell I was doing it. You know, I did it because it was easy. I did it because that's what everybody said to do. And, and uh, I went through this period of time where I, I didn't really know why I was even here. You know, not this, who is God? Where is God? I never cursed God. It was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what am I doing this for? I work 20 hour days. I, 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 I bust my ass. I have all this cool shit. Why am I not happy? Um, how and long I, and was I found that? myself in an interesting place. How long was that, Sean? How long did you go through that uh, period of, we'll just say darkness or uh, we'll just say darkness? Uh, it was, it was about 18 months. It was about 18 months. Um, you know, the, when the market crashed, it wasn't an, a, a deal breaker for me. One of my, one of my businesses was losing a lot of money and one of my businesses was making a lot of money, but it was the, I talk about in my book, how I felt like I was juggling bowling balls. You know what I mean? Like I, I, when I was at work, I felt like I needed to be at home. When I was at home, I felt like I needed to be at work. You know what I mean? It was just like all of this chaos in my life. Cause I didn't really know exactly where I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to be doing, how to be the best father, how to be the best leader. And it was just chaotic. It was super, super, super chaotic for me. Um, and I ended up le literally leaving my business. I turned my entire business over to my partner. Um, I left my marriage. I mean, there was no drugs. There was no infidelity. There was none of that crazy shit. We just grew apart emotionally. And I was like, dude, I pretty much checked out of life uh, and trying to find things that made me happy, whether it was like sedating with alcohol or hanging out with girls or whatever it was. Um, until it reached a point where I contemplated taking my own life. Uh, and one night I put a nine millimeter in my mouth and, and I drank myself to oblivion and had kind of that cartoonish, you know, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, other shoulder saying, you know, you can't leave, but you should leave. And this is this. And I woke up the next morning and I did something that I had never done before. And I, I reached out for help and there was, I wasn't addicted to anything. It was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I so angry? Why can't I figure this thing out? And uh, that's where I went on a journey. And I spent about 18 months, like really trying to figure out why I was here. Bigger than money, bigger than business, bigger than family, bigger than everything. Um, and I found some really interesting things. And that's kind of led me to where I am now in, in, in reading Lions Not Sheep and um, literally reaching hundreds of millions of people around the world and sharing my story and sharing this darkness and this experience. So uh, you, you said earlier that your, you know, your father, I think you said your father or your, or your mother was an alcoholic. Which one? I forgot. Dad. That okay, so um, I'm a I, so I'm a recovering alcoholic. I uh, former I like to say alcoholic. I've been sober for about ten, a little bit over ten years actually. Um, and so, how do you think that's played out? As far as you know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of studies that say that you know it's passed down, and I believe part of that, right? But then I also believe that there's a point where so for me, I went to AA for a while, right? And then, and then there, there was a point where there was a shift in my mind that I, I just don't fucking drink. Like, and I'm, I just don't, I just don't drink, period. And so how, how do you, do you feel like that has played a part in your life from a father's standpoint? Did that question make sense? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I think I get where you're going. I, you know, 
I think everybody has an addictive personality in one way, shape or form, whether you're addicted to solitude, whether you're addicted to puzzles, whether you're addicted to knitting or crocheting or drinking or smoking or fucking or whatever it is, right? Sure. Everybody's got something that, you know, we can label it addiction. I mean, there's, there, there are true chemical dependencies that people create. And I think there's a lot of neurological science behind that, which, you know, you know, need to go down that rabbit hole. But I definitely, I mean, I have an addictive personality. I could see, I can see very easily how I could become an alcoholic. I could see very easily how I could become a drug addict or how I could become addicted to making money, you know, addicted to, to, to girls or to sex or whatever, whatever. Um, but I found myself like really in this space where when I went down this path, trying to figure out who I really was, you know, and I think that's something that very few people ever do because it's scary as fuck. It's really easy to compartmentalize life and to take the demons in the darkness and we put them in these little, you know, compartments in the back of our head and we lock them up and chain that door shut and we pretend they don't exist. And then we just try and live in the light. We try and live in the happy. We try and live in the good. We try and live in the, all this other stuff. And the truth of the matter is there's light and dark inside of everybody, right? There, there, there's, there's, there's the, the angels and the devils inside of everybody. And I just chose once I started to really understand this, to live that and to speak about that and not pretend every day is a good day and not put on the smiley face and be like, you know, today's a great day, even though I want to fucking, you know, blow my brains out or beat the shit out of every single person that I see. I just got to a place in life where I started telling the truth. You know, people ask me all the time, what's the great denominator? How do I, how do I free myself? How do I open myself up? How do I become liberated, right? How do I get these, these rocks out of my backpack? How do I move faster? How do I connect more people? And my answer is the same every single time. Just tell the truth. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I realized that every single person, you, me, everybody is dealing with shit. We all have depression and, and anxiety and all these other things. There's just one differentiating factor between me and most other people. I tell the truth. Now, if you ask people, are you a liar? They'll say no, but they won't acknowledge and admit where they really are. Well, you know, it's just a little bump in the road where really, you know, I mean, how many people have killed themselves where you're like, holy shit, like he looked happy. He seemed happy. And he never fucking told you about the demons or the darkness or the shit going on inside, right? right? Like how many people like literally are addicted to substances where they're hiding that and then all of a sudden some explosive thing comes out and you're like, shit, I didn't, I didn't know Bob was struggling. I didn't know, you know, Tiffany was dealing with what she was dealing with. And that's, I think, the differentiating factor. I think that's what's happening in our culture and our society and something that I'm, I'm very proud of is, is I'm okay talking about that. And I've, and I've acknowledged that in my own life. And I've realized that that's really one of my superpowers is being able to share what's really fucking happening in my world, both light and dark, both good and bad. And I think that's what's connected me to literally hundreds of millions of people around the world is you might not like my political stance. You might not like that I smoke cigars or that I freaking say fuck or that I shoot guns or drive a big ass truck. I don't really care. But at the end of the day, you know that like when I'm speaking, when I'm sharing shit, it's coming from my heart. It's real. You know, and, and I think, that's something that, that very few people, my father included, my father went through an extremely traumatic uh, childhood. He doesn't ever talk about it. Won't ever talk about it. Right. And, and, and that's the thing that, that I think is differentiating for so many people right now is like those people who are truly acknowledging who they really are telling the truth, opening up, being vulnerable. And those people who just want to live in this fairy tale land of everything is good. Everything is well, you know, look at my perfect life and nobody's got a fucking perfect life. Well, exactly. And the reality is, is if you've got that bag of shit uh, in the back of your head, then there's some part of you that exudes that bag of shit to other people. And mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that they, they don't realize that. They think, well, I've got it hidden so far back deep down that I don't have to. Right. Nobody, nobody fucking knows. But, mm -hmm. but the reality is you fucking know. And... Mm -hmm. 
And if you fucking know, then guess what? That it's going to, it's going to hold you back period. Yeah. I, I, a few years ago before this whole social media explosion happened for me, um, that very first post that went viral, a lot of people asked me about it and they talk about, you know, what, you know, what changed and what happened and how did this whole thing start? Um, two things happened when I shared that very first post that went viral. And what I shared was, um, I mean, I went through a really nasty divorce where we were like dropping off and picking up our kids at a police station. It was a bad deal. Oh God. Um, and, and, and we got to a place through a lot of fucking work to where I could like go over and pick up my kids from her house and she could come to my house and pick up the kids. And one day I went over, long story short, and, and she had been remarried. She had a new baby and went to the house and the kids were like, dad, come see the new baby. I'm like, nah, no, we're not really there yet. Just come on, get in the car. Let's roll. Um, but I ended up going in, I saw the baby, I held, held the baby, I took it, I took a selfie, you know, and I'm going through my own journey, trying to become a better man and dealing with my own anger and frustration. This is after kind of, you know, I put the gun in my mouth. And uh, that night I sat on my bed, I took a selfie with, with me and, and her new baby. And I did this Facebook post. And I essentially did something that I had not done before. I told the truth. I was like, nobody looking at this picture will have any idea like what this means to me. Like I was the biggest dick. I said so many mean things. I did so many mean things. And for the first time, I didn't blame anybody. I just took accountability. I was like, yeah, I did dumb shit. Now I have every reason to be like, well, she was a bitch and she did this and she, that, 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 that. just like everybody fucking does, which is blame all of their life on someone else. I finally owned my shit. I was like, yeah, I said dumb things, period. I did dumb things, period. And I, and I, and I put that post out. And it was scary for me because it was vulnerable, right? It was me acknowledging that I fucked up, that I had weakness, that I was dark, that I struggled. And that was the first post that went viral. And literally, I woke up the next morning and, and, and every hour for the next, like, almost two weeks, that post had 10,000 likes and truly went, like, viral. Millions of people saw that post. I had hundreds of thousands of, of comments all over the place. Um, but two things happened when I did that. Number one, I realized how many people resonated with that message, how many people were struggling, how many people were dealing with darkness, how many people like, like, holy shit, man, that was powerful. Like that was your truth, you know? But number two, I felt better, you know, like being vulnerable and sharing your shit, sharing your darkness, not just being like, look at my life, look at my kids. Here's our Christmas card, all is well, but being like, dude, I'm fucking dark, man. I got crazy shit inside of me. I've made a lot of mistakes. Like me being vulnerable in this public sphere of social media, I felt better. You know, it was like taking this weight off my shoulders. Like, ah. I knew people were going to judge me and they did. I knew people were going to make fun of me and they did, but I felt better. And I mean, I consider myself a pretty smart fella. And I'm like, all right, man, like number one, you're resonating with people. Well, that's kind of cool, right? Like 50,000 people started following my social media. Like I'm this like Dr. Phil. I'm like, yo, I'm far from Dr. Phil. So I'm like, I'm just telling you that I'm fucked up just like everybody else. Right. But number two, I felt better. And I'm like, if I consider myself a smart person, it's like, if I was to eat, if I had two foods, one would make me feel good. And one would make me feel like shit. I would naturally want to eat the one that made me feel good. So I'm like, if this action of me telling my truth, which is dark, which is scary, which is hard is having me feel better that like, I'm going to do that more. And that's really what I've done the last four years is I've just shared more and more and more of Sean Whalen and my journey and who I am and the light and the dark and the good days and the bad days, and the days that I want to blow the whole fucking world up and the days that I want to crawl in a hole and the days that I don't get out of bed and the days that are great and the days that I win and the days that I make a bunch of money and close a big deal. And you know, the whole thing, it just became almost like this reality 
TV show, this reality experience of me sharing my life. And I feel better when I do it. And I, you know, to me, it's like, if that's the game, then just keep playing the game. You know what I mean? And it seems to be working more and more people are following the tribe is growing. My businesses are growing. Um, and I feel better every single time I do. Dude, I, I, I can totally identify with that. Um, simply because, you know, when somebody, when I'm able to reach out and help somebody or just connect with them and whether I know it or not at the time, um, there, there is a, there is such a good feeling, the endorphins or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, when somebody says to you, Hey, you know what, whatever it is that you said or did, you shifted me, you made a difference in how I looked at my situation, which for me, you know, when I, like when I signed up for your app, it, my answer to the first question was take action and, and, and I like taking action and helping people, but people have to be open to the help, right? I mean, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be fucking helped, but back to the feeling part, there is nothing like it. There's nothing like that fucking feeling of doing something for somebody else that you, that, that could change their life. And that could be as simple as a smile or, or I like your fucking shoes or whatever the case may be, you know? Attention contractors of the successful life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, successfullifepodcast.com and click on the free download button to grab your copy of warning when hiring a leadership coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I do it very selfishly. You know, that, that, that word has a negative connotation to so many people, but I'm very, very selfish. I mean, it, it, to bring it all the way down to the primal level, if you get on an airplane and the plane's going down, the very first instruction that you have is if these yellow masks fall from the ceiling, put yours on first. That's the most selfish thing you could fucking do now we're programmed through religion through school through mom and dad through our society i'm just gonna go help everybody else i'm gonna put everybody else's mask on first it sounds really good but motherfucker there's no air so good luck to you because now everybody's dead i i realize like if i feel better like i can't help you i can't help this guy or this guy i can't make anybody change all i can do is be the best version of me and so i do shit very selfishly like every single day i'm about the best version of me and people are like, oh, well, dude, I do everything for my kids. Bullshit, dude. Do it for you. Right. Do it for you. Like, do this shit for you because if you become a better you, you're a better dad. You're a better father. You're a better lover. You're a better business leader. There's this fucked up idea that we have that we are doing all of these things for other people. I don't do what I do for my kids. I do not do what I do for my kids. I do what I do for me because the better I am, the stronger I am, the better my business does, the more I can be with my kids, right? Absolutely. But there's this idea like, oh, I'm doing it for the world and I'm doing it to help people. My goal is to help people. I'll be honest with you, man. Whether you fucking sink or swim has nothing to do with me. Sure. Real talk. Real talk. Whether anybody listening to this sinks or swims has nothing to do with me. If somebody sinks, it won't change my life. If somebody swims, it won't change my life. Like the only thing I have control over is me. The only thing that I have control over today, what I can do is me. Now there's a lot of people who are like, oh, fuck you, Sean. The Bible says, and Jesus said, blah, 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 blah. Those are the same motherfuckers that are drowning. Those are the same motherfuckers that are drowning. They want to play that pity party like, look at me. I'm sacrificing all of my happiness 
for my kids. Which is Bro, you know how fucking stupid that sounds? All so these dudes funny. are like, oh, I work my ass off and I hate my job and I hate my life, but I do it for my kids. So what you mean to tell me is like, you want to show your kids that dad's getting run over by life, getting completely fucked by life. And that's good for me. That's good for them. They're setting a great example. No, dude. Like I am a selfish motherfucker. I put my mask on first. And that's what allows me to help so many people. That's what allows me to travel the world speaking. That's what me allow, allows me to have literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I can facilitate and work with all around the world. That's what, what allows me to be with my kids so much. That's what allows me to, to, to really like reap the benefits of life to be able to enjoy shit with my children. You know what I'm saying? But, dude, I, I think do. There's, there's a, a, like a really, really, really fucked up idea around this that a lot of people think like, you know, I'm just going to go through life and I'm going to trudge through life and, and it's going to beat the shit out of me, but I'm going to show my kids that I did it for them. Now what you're showing is, is that you're going to let life kick the fuck out of you and you're not going to get up and build your own shit. You're not going to get up and fight. And to me, like I'm putting my mask on first. If I'm sitting next to my kids and those motherfuckers fall from the ceiling, my mask goes on first and then I can help everybody else. Exactly. Why, why do you think people don't understand that? Why do you think that people We've been programmed the exact opposite? Well, you know, since you're, we were you're right. children, you're right. We've been programmed to lie. Every human being listening to this, male, female, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, all y'all have been programmed the exact same way as me, which is when you're a little kid, elementary school, sit down, quiet down, slow down, do as you're told. If you got to take a piss, raise your hand. If you got to take a shit, raise your hand. Don't say anything that's going to offend somebody else. And if you do, what happens? You get sent to the principal's office. Or if you're like me and you were a little fuckhead, you get sent to the principal's office and then call your dad and then I get my ass whooped by the principal and when I got home. Cool. So I was just programmed to just shut the fuck up and do as I was told, right? This is what it looks like. And most people grew up in some sort of religious reality, right? Whether they went to church or didn't go to church, I don't know. But like most people were raised like to serve other people and do for other people. And you'll find your happiness in service and you'll find these things in, in doing for other people and helping other people, right? And, and that's how we've all been programmed. And it doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter if you're raised in a rich family or a poor family. I'll give a fuck if you were raised in the city or you're raised in the sticks. Everyone was raised that same way from the simplest, most basic education, public education, private education, doesn't matter. We were all raised the same way. Do as you're told. Shut the fuck up. Do as you're told. This is what's good. This is what's bad. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. And that's what's in, it, like literally been planted in our brains and grown since we were little children. And so now here we are as adults going, well, shit, you know, in order for me to like save my marriage, I better do for her and serve her. And when I was going through my divorce, that's what all, all of our religious ecclesiastical leaders said. I'd go meet with them and they'd be like, Sean, just love your wife, you know, read your scriptures, pay your tithing, do what you need to do. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm drowning. Like, how do I love this, this woman when I don't love myself? I fucking hate who I am. I'm dark. I'm depressed. Like, I don't want to love her, man. I don't even know how to love me. But what was told to me every single time, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until finally I just, I just fucking gave up on everything because that's where I was at. And that's what most people, like every single person listening to this has been raised the exact same fucking way. So here we are as adults. A lot of people are miserable, dude. We're, we're, we're at an all time high for like depression, divorce, fucking 51% of marriages are ending in divorce. Like more men are killing themselves than ever before. You understand that? Like yeah. men are killing themselves, not because there's a lack of money, not because there's a lack of pussy. Why are men killing themselves? Because we don't know how to fucking tell the truth. Because we're not, we're not okay. Like sharing real shit. We just beat on our chest and we're alphas and we go out and we, we fucking build big business and we fuck and we drink and we, bah. that ain't masculine, man. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't alpha. 
And that's the problem is we've been told and programmed since we were little kids, go, go sacrifice your happiness and who you are for your family and for everybody else. Which makes Somehow there's nobility in that. And it's not noble at all. It's the most fucked up reality that, that has ever existed since the dawn of creation, which is why so many people are killing themselves, which is why so many people are addicted to drugs and addicted to substances because we don't know how to fucking change the game. Right. And guess what? You know, if you're, you know, the people that are listening to this that resonate with what you're saying, which is probably fucking 90%. And that yeah. might be, that might be generous. Uh, if you really think that you're helping somebody else being miserable, like you've described, the fact is you can't, you can't, you can't help anybody else because it, you can't give somebody something that you don't fucking have. Yeah. Everybody and their dog wants to help somebody, right? I mean, real talk, I say this, I wrote this in my book. If you want to help the poor, don't be poor. Exactly. Straight up. If you yes. want to help the poor, don't be poor. You want to know how you help the poor and the needy? Make a fuck ton of money and then help them. Exactly. You can help them. And I'm not talking about just giving them money. Like, do you want to be a good father and be able to provide, like, real, like, support for your children and real emotional connection for them? Then fucking help yourself first, man. Get your shit right. Right. Get your own mind and your own heart right. We're, we're, that's not what we do. We just try and help everybody else. We don't tell the truth. We don't share what we're really thinking, what we're really feeling. And then all of a sudden, one day we wake up and we're like, oh, shit. Life's almost over. What did I do? Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. You know, there was one thing you, you had said just a second ago, and it sparked a thought, and I, I, I lost it. But um, it, it'll come back to me. So... Uh, oh, I know what it was when you when you were mentioning the house, you know, how it's selfish to, to want to feel good about doing whatever. So last year, you know, how I got into, you know, really how I got connected with you and, and Arte, every, everybody in the whole personal development era, so to speak, was through Tony Robbins, which hell, a lot of people are, you know, that's how they start out. And I took his, you know, I took his Thanksgiving, his story. And, and last year, uh, I had a hormone re replacement clinic, which I know you fucking don't believe in, but whatever. I, it is what Wait, it is. Well, what do you mean? I don't believe in that. Testosterone. Oh, I take testosterone. Oh, do you? I thought you were. Yeah, what are you talking I, about? Okay, no, it's not you then. Sorry. Yeah, different different fella. Yeah, somebody, somebody is like – anyway. All right, so, um, so I had an HRT clinic, so hormone replacement therapy, da, 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 growth hormone, so on and so forth. But, but I lost it, and I lost it because of two reasons. The first reason was I was a shitty leader. I really wasn't a leader. I was, uh, you know, I was a boss. I thought I knew everything. I, was, I had made it, and I was in partnership with a guy who was, you know, he wasn't – he had a third-grade education, Sean, so he made his money, you know, in construction. Good dude, but, you know, he knew what he knew, but that, that was about it. Long story short, we had to split ways because he wound up screwing some girl that I fired and whatever. It is what it is. The point of this whole goddamn story is that my wife and I took food to a family that didn't, that weren't, they weren't going to have food on Thanksgiving. And I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them. And the reason I say that, tell you that story, is because the feeling that I felt driving away from that house and the fact that I didn't tell anybody, meaning I, I, 
I did it anonymously. The family had no idea who I was. I I have I, I chase that I chase that feeling now. So when I say I like I love yeah. helping people, it's for that reason because it does make me feel good. It does make me feel good to help change somebody else's life. Um, period. So anyway, that's what yeah. No, it's that's cool, man. I mean, I'm all I want to feel good. Like I, that's my goal. I want to have every day be better than the last day. And and I don't know if I'm guaranteed tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to get tomorrow. So for me, it's like what can I do right now with my time, with my energy, with everything that I have to feel the best? You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's what I'm after. And I find that the more I do that, the better father I am, the better leader I am, the better I connect with people. And that's just, it's just the game that I'm playing right now. You know? Absolutely. So, you know, just, this is even a great example. The fact that you took the time to spend, you know, with me today has I mean, I've been looking forward to this all week because, awesome, you know, of course I've read your book. Um, and, and obviously I, I follow you and look, you know, look up to you because Thanks, you, man. Appreciate you, that. you know, you do a lot of shit that, that mimics myself, right? Uh, you're a little bit more outspoken about it because maybe I haven't got there yet. I don't know. Um, but, but that in itself has, it's, it's really made my day. So moving forward from that, um, all right. So now you're not in the real estate game anymore. Is that right? Or you are partially somewhat? No, I mean, I'm doing some stuff, but I'm not, not what not I really. used to be. I mean, I, I flipped almost 4,000 houses from 2007 to 2012. Um, did a lot of developments, a lot of big stuff for four five, six year period. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm focused on, on, uh, my new company meters, which is a, a new, uh, networking app um for entrepreneurs and business owners and then lions not sheep which we have you know clothing brand we have coaching we have consulting we have you know almost 500 clients around the globe right now so uh, those are the two primary things that i'm that i'm working on but still doing a little bit of real estate stuff here and there so all right so really that's the so the app and and the lions not sheep i I want to hear about both of those because I signed up for the app just because you said to fucking sign up for the app and I value you. So I signed up for the app and I'm like, I think it's, I hope it's, I think it could be a dating app, but I'm not really fucking sure. No. And then I got into it and I'm like, I don't really think that's what this thing is. So tell me, uh, the goal with the app is. Meters is an app that allows people to connect real time, like real time face to face meetings. So I've, I've been able to build a huge following through social media over the last couple of years. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a student of social media. Like I'm, it's part of my business. It's part of my life. I watch it. I observe it. You know what I mean? I want to utilize it the best way possible. I, I coach people and advise people on it. I help people build their businesses and their stories around social media to get engagement. So people actually give a shit about them and their products. But I saw that social media is slowing us down, meaning the algorithms and stuff like that. Like last year I could put a post of a, of a pile of dog shit, and it'd get 15 to 20,000 likes. And I had 275,000 followers. I have 900,000 followers now and I get seven or 800 likes. And so the algorithms have changed. And because I'm a Trump fan, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? You hear about yeah. the shadow banning. It's real. It's totally fucking real. You know what I mean? My content is, is not any different. I have literally three times the following, but I get a, a tenth of the engagement. So I just looked at it and said, all right, how do you meet new people? Like, I mean, legitimately, how do you meet new people today? Um, social media, sending them messages on my inbox is fucking full 30, 40, 50 messages a day. It's just not practical anymore. So it's like when I travel, like if I have an hour in between meetings, what do I do? I can dick around on Facebook. I can answer emails, whatever, whatever. 
Um, so I, I literally took the idea of Tinder and I, and I incorporated it into uh, a, a, an app called Meters that would allow like-minded individuals, entrepreneurs, business owners, hustlers, you know, young computer designers, programmers, real estate investors, you know, anybody to be able to create instant meetups. So if I'm in New York and I've got an hour between meetings, I can turn on and go live on meters and it'll show me other people that are live right now that want to meet right now, not tomorrow or next week, or, Hey, let's schedule something for the future. But like, yo bro, I got 30 minutes between now and that meeting. There's a coffee shop right across the street. You want to go hook up for coffee? And it literally allows two people to just meet okay. wherever they are in the world. So, so I look at it from the perspective of, you know, how many times have I sat down next to somebody on an airplane and you start up a conversation and two hours later you're landing and you feel like, you know, this person, like I might not have anything in common with you, but you need to meet my business partner or my brother or my sister or my cousin or whatever, whatever. That's the, that's how real relationships get moving. And, and we're in a day and age where everything is done through technology. Everything is done through IMs and PMs and DMs and all this sort of shit. Like how the fuck do you just meet a real person and sit down and have a cup of coffee, right? You, you can't walk up to a stranger on the street and go, hey, bro, you want to go grab a cup of coffee? They'd be like, whatever, weirdo. But what if there was 500 people right around me that wanted to go get a cup of coffee with me right now? Go get a cup of coffee, 10-minute conversation. How can I help you? How can you help me? There might be nothing there. There might be fucking extraordinary things there. So that's what Meters allows you to do is, is it's a live, real-time networking app for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for hustlers that you can create relationships uh, with anybody, anywhere that you are, especially for business travelers. There's 1.5 million business travelers per day going all over the country. I mean, how do you grow your Rolodex? Imagine flying to a new city, turning on and meeting five new people in a new city that you never otherwise would have been able to meet. So that's the, that's the genius of, uh, the genius of meters and it's growing like crazy right now. So everybody well, listening to this, go download meters and share it with everybody that you can in your contact list. So our goal is to, is to have it be the largest app on the planet. Um, and really, I mean, it's just the aspect of getting it in front of everybody. Cause once people start using it and seeing it, I get messages every day, like, holy shit, I was here and I met with somebody and we're doing this deal now or that deal or whatever, whatever. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking dope. So, and, and, I'll t and so I, I think it's really cool that I, so one thing I didn't realize, I assume, I assume, assume because, you know, everything is done. Like you said, fucking on the phone and, and through messaging and fucking FaceTime or whatever. That's what I thought it, it was. Oh, well we can FaceTime and that's what it was about, but clearly not. So uh, the other point is with the app is that the reason you have to put in what you're, uh, you know, what you do, what you like, so on and so forth is so those people show up, not, you know, a Jehovah witness, no offense to Jehovah witness. I just use that as an example, but no, anybody's life. There's no, there's no algorithms. There's no discriminating. There's no anything like literally it, it, when you feel, when you join meters, which is completely free, when you download it, you fill out three pieces of information, three questions, and you're only, you only get one sentence, you know, what you do. So I'm, I, I own a coaching and consulting company. I'm an off-road racer. I, I run a podcast, whatever it is, you know, what you, what you like. So I like hunting. I like fishing. I like business. I like networking. And then what do you want? I'm looking for new salespeople. I'm looking for a computer designer. I'm looking for additional resources. I'm looking for money. I'm looking for, you know, new contacts. I'm looking to network with new people. So literally like it doesn't fucking matter what you do, where you are, just like Tinder, you swipe through profiles and you're like, okay, this cat looks interesting. He's in the, he's in the coaching space and he's looking for new relationships. He looks kind of cool, whatever I, dope. And I hit, you know, send requests. It'll ping him a message and say, Hey, Sean is four blocks away from you and wants to meet with you. And you get 30 seconds to look over my profile and decide whether or not you want to meet with me. If you say yes, it pops us into an SMS feature. Hey man, I'm on 32nd of Broadway. Cool. I'm on 
35th and Broadway, let's meet in the middle kind of a thing. Or you just say no, and it pops us right back into the thing. And I just keep scrolling through people until I find somebody who wants to meet. That's fucking cool, dude. That's super yeah. cool. So it takes uh, out all the bullshit, man. Social media, social media is a lot of bullshit now, right? Like yeah. a lot of people, you don't know who the fuck is real. You don't know what's real. You don't know what profiles are fucking real. There's so much fluff and puff. Like, look, man, I might be able to do business with you, but you're a Democrat. I don't give a fuck about that, right? A smart right. person thinks that way. Like the average asshole's like, oh, well, he's a Democrat. I can't like him. You're a fucking idiot. You're gonna be an idiot your whole fucking life if that's how you think. I look at it and say, look, what do you do? Cool. Like, I don't give a shit who you voted for. I don't care if you like the Yankees or hate the Yankees, right? What do you do? I'm, I'm in computer design. Dope. What do you like? I like fishing. Cool. I like fishing. Well, what are you looking for? I'm looking for somebody who can help me grow my company. Dope. I love growing companies. Let's meet. And then sure. we do what human beings fucking do and used to do, which is sit down, shake hands and have a conversation. That's the point of meters is it's, it's like takes away all of the bullshit of social media. In fact, we call it the anti-social media because there is no social media to it. Right. right. You can't get on and look through profiles in the middle of the night. The only time you're ever going to see anybody on there, those are people that want to meet right now. So if you turn on the app, like you're going to see people right around you. You're not looking at people at two or three in the morning when you're fucking bored and can't sleep. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the genius of the app is it's like, give me something right now. Like I want to meet somebody in network right now. Don't waste fucking time. I'm not going to sit around in a park and look at social media. Like I want to grow my network. I want to grow my business. I want to grow who I am. I want to connect with new human beings. So uh, give me an example of where, uh, you know, a, a place that you've been that is uh, a rare place that, that you connected with somebody and you were like, damn, see, this is why I fucking built the app. Oh, I mean, everywhere I go, I turn on. I tell people because it's brand new and, and, and we need a lot of users. And so that's the point of the business that we're in right now is growing the user base, talking about it, um, marketing it, so on and so forth. But I mean, I've been in San Francisco. I was in L.A., uh, a couple of weeks ago and met with, uh, met with the guy. And I mean, literally just turn on, boom, let's meet. Awesome. I'm right here. You meet at Starbucks and it's like, you're sitting down with, with the dude. You're just having a conversation. So tell me about you. What do you do? Where do you live? Are you here? Are you there? Are you traveling on business? Whatever, whatever. Dope, man. Yeah. Here's what I do. Cool. How can I help you? Maybe you can't, maybe it's just two human beings that spend 15 minutes getting a cup of coffee being like, yo man, you're cool. You're cool. Awesome. Have an awesome day. And that's 15 minutes that I used investing into another human being, like getting to know somebody, creating a, some sort of connection there right we're just in this digital land and digital world where we're just like algorithms and messages and shit like that like i'm going old school with meters like we're going back to hand to hand shaking fucking hands having real conversations and the only way to do that in today's day and age is either play the the dmim game and fill somebody's inbox with a bunch of fucking messages or literally turn on meters and meet somebody right now so interestingly all right so to prove your exact fucking point so if you think about when we were kids we always were told by our parents you know don't talk to strangers right every fucking kid was told by their parents don't talk to strangers mm -hmm. would you agree yeah so so there was never a point in, in in our lives where somebody said it's okay to talk to strangers i think that's why people have a hard time cold calling because it's it, you're calling somebody that's not, you don't, you don't know who they are. And subconsciously, I believe you're, we have been programmed since such a small age that that's carried through. And by, by no means has social media fucking helped that. There's no question about it. In fact, it's made it quite worse. Um, so, uh, but I do believe that I absolutely fucking believe because of our programming as a child that's how we act today 
Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, man. We could go down the rabbit hole with that, but I just think people are fucking addicted to social media. They're just addicted to computers and they're afraid to talk to a human being. They're afraid to tell the truth. They're afraid to own who they really are. So it's a bit, it's a way bigger thing, but like, I don't, I'm not here to try and reprogram people's brains. I'm like, yo, man, if you understand the value of relationships, if you understand as a business owner, you know, there's millions and millions and millions of business owners that understand the value of relationships, right? I mean, everybody we roll with understands, like, if you have a business, if you want to have a business, if you're an employee and want a better job, you better go create some relationships with people that can get you a better job that are at different companies. How do you do that? You know what I'm saying? Every human being can benefit from meeting other human beings. That's how we grow as a culture and as a society. That's how we fucking did it as tribal creatures. Like we had a tribe and we'd link up with another tribe and now we're a bigger, better tribe, right? It's fucking old school, man. It's just how it is. Like the thing that's crazy is so few people understand how to actually do it and use it. Like, wait, I got to meet with somebody? Yeah, motherfucker, go shake his hand and have a conversation. That's what meters does is it gives it to you right in your lap. It's crazy. It's not even, it's not rocket science, but people have such a hard time with it. So... Yeah. So tell me about tell me about lions. Uh, lions not cheap. Uh, obviously, but through you know Josh and Josh Kirk, which obviously uh, he he's actually the one that sent me your book. Um, anyway, here we're partners in a couple of things. But he uh, so tell me about lions not cheap because I, I think I understand the concept, but I don't entirely understand it. And and there may be somebody listening that would like to know about it as well. I'm sure there is. Well, people ask me all the time, what is lions not sheep? And it's really simple, man. I mean, like if I have to explain whether or not you're a lion or a sheep, like you got bigger freaking, you got bigger freaking problems. But like I do coaching and consulting. I've got multiple facets to the company. We have a clothing line. It started uh, literally just with a t-shirt. I came up with the idea. Uh, it, it hit me one day because I was building, you know, myself and thinking about like, I've got a choice today to go be a lion or to be a sheep to follow what I was told, all this social conditioning and all this programming, or I can go fucking do what I want to do today and, and literally live, live life as a lion. Um, and so we have a, a coaching group called the Lion's Den. That's uh, exactly. Hundreds of people in that all over the world. And it's premised around the, the core four, which is what I wrote them out of my book, like right. how to be able to get in shape, how to have good relationships, how to make good money, how to be able to get a clear mind and, and, and have, you know, connection that way. Uh, and then I do, I have, clients all over the world that are really who I used to be like running big companies, CEOs, uh, COOs who are operating at a high level that are like, dude, I don't want to work 20 hours a day for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, I make a fuck ton of money and that's great and all, but like, I'm not happy, which is where I was. So I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with them. I do a lot of speaking. Uh, and then we have, like I said, the clothing line. So why is that sheep is growing as a brand, as an idea, as a theory, as a thought, as a way of being and people identify with it. And it's really cool. Cause it's, it's literally just a representation of my journey. You know what I mean? I just chose one day to like stop being a fucking sheep and following the masses and saying, fuck this system. I'm going to do it my way. And so I started doing it my way and I'm like, Oh shit, I'm way happier this way. You know what I mean? I'm making more money. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I'm way more connected to my kids. So let me teach people about this. And, and that's really what I do is I share with people how I went from, you know, living the sheepish life of doing what I was told, working the job, the whole thing to building, you know, a, a, a seven plus figure business, multiple seven plus figure businesses and literally doing whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah, that makes total sense. So the part that, you know, I was talking to Wes, um, I, I don't know, last week, whenever the fuck he was at your, he was hanging out with you. And, and, and I assume that there's, you've got a, you've got a, a group, right? Is that the mm-hmm. lion's den? I guess that should have been really the better question. Not, yeah. I, yeah I, the lion's den's a coaching group. So okay. anybody listening to this who like realizes that they want more, like, and I don't know what that means for you. Right. Sure. That's the beauty of life. Like 
everybody listening to this, I want more, right? I want more money. I want more connection to my body. I want to be more fit. I want more time with my kids. I want more connection with my lover. Like I want deeper sex, better sex. Not that sex is bad. Sex is fucking dope. But is there more? Is there more possibility, right? And this is where people just give up. People live a very, very, very satisfying life a very average life like i'm not that dude like i want more i want everything i want to go to the, like the deepest mysteries i want to get shot up into fucking space and figure out what the fuck's out there i want to figure out where the bottom of the ocean is right i want to have conversations with like nerdy people and smart people and weird people and everybody like i want more and i think anybody listening to this like you could be one of two people you can roll your eyes and be like dude this dude, this dude's fucking weird and you're the type of dude who comes home and fucking drinks himself to oblivion every single night because you hate your life, you hate your job. You've been fucking your woman the same way for the last 30 years. She fucking hates you. You don't even know your kids and you're fat and out of shape. Or you'd be like, you know what, dude? I'm going to die one of these days. And what he's saying actually makes sense. Like, I wouldn't mind going down a journey of like figuring out more. Is it possible that I can make more money? Fuck yeah, cool. Let's figure out how to do it. Is it possible that I can get out of this rat race of the same ass diets and the same bullshit that I keep buying into every December because 2020 is going to be my year. 2019 wasn't my year. Fuck that. You said that the last 10 years, man. Like what's going to be different. And that's what I do in the lion's den is, is I've got 400 plus people in there and we're all about more living better lives, deeper lives. Cause dude, we're look, look, I can, I can talk about this shit all day long, but at the end of the day, like if you, if you're listening to this and you consider yourself a smart person, right. And everybody should be smart. I'm not talking Einstein IQ, but, if you consider yourself a smart person, think about this for a second. Every single person that's come before us, the moguls, the icons, the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, the Steve Jobs, all these motherfuckers said the same thing at the end of their book, right? They shared their story, how they made their billions, how they revolutionized the world, blah, 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 blah. It's all the same shit, right? They all say the same thing at the end of their book, which is this. If I could go back and trade places with you or with me, I would have spent more time doing shit that I wanted to do that I liked. And I would have spent more time with my family. They all say that. Yep. Now, if you consider yourself smart, that's this dude on his deathbed, giving you his best advice. That's like you standing next to Carnegie or Rockefeller or fucking Steve jobs. Like the, one of the, the, the most revolutionary men in history and him saying, look, bro, look, Sean, if I could trade places with you, I would have done more shit with my kids. I would have spent more time like building a life versus trying to build this empire. They all say that. And that's like me going, no, 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 just kidding. Just tell me how to make more money. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Live your fucking life because I'm going to die in a minute and you're going to be here soon. Yeah, but I want to make more money. Tell me how to make more money. That's fucking dumb. That's fucking dumb. I'm a smart dude. And I starting to heed these people's advice. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like instead of trying to build this massive business and then someday have fun, I'm like, yo, I'm going to build a life. I build lives. Like, that's what I teach people in the lion's den is the business shit is easy. How do you build a fucking life? Like, what do you really want? What do you like to do? What do you want to go do? Figure that shit out and then build a business that will support that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. That's yeah. my game. That's my goal. That's what I teach people. That's what lion's not sheep is, is fucking living this life, bro, because you're going to die. Every one of you motherfuckers watching this is going to die. I don't care how cool you think you are. I don't care how big you think your dick is, how big the body. It doesn't fucking matter. You're going to die. The question is, what are you going to do from today until then? What you've been told to do, you're going to keep grinding and hustling and make, stacking that cash. Fucking stack, stack all the cash you want. I'm going to be out living life. 
one day you're going to be like, oh shit, my cash doesn't mean anything. I can't go back and make love to my woman. I can't go back and take that vacation. I can't go back and race the Baja 500 or the Baja 1000 with my boy because my boy is older now. My body's decrepit and I can't do shit. Oh, fuck. Maybe I should have listened to that bearded dude and I should have raced the Baja 1000 when I actually could because you're going to get to a spot where you can't. And you can have all the money in the world, homie. You can have all the fucking money in the world. You want to know you can't buy? You can't buy time. You can't go back in fucking time. It's true, brother. So good luck stacking that cash. Good luck with all that shit. One day your cash isn't going to mean dick. And the question is, is will you be able to be on your deathbed with your kids sitting there going, yeah, we lived. We fucking lived, son. We did fun shit, didn't we? And you can check out and go to the next life and your kids are like, that was a cool motherfucker. Like he showed me some cool shit. Or are your kids going to be like, well, I want the millions and I want the money and I want the oh, fuck all that, dude. I want to die like spending my last penny and having empowered my children to be independent, building their own businesses because they watched me do that. Living their life because they watched me live mine. That's what I'm about. That's what Lions Not Sheep is. I think, um, so thank you for that. That's a great explanation. <clears throat> I think it's cool as fuck that you take, and I can't, I can't remember your oldest's name that, who did the race. William. You said William? William. So yeah. I think it's super fucking cool that you take or that, I don't know if you still do. I'm assuming you do. Take him with you when you go, like, uh, I believe it was Bradley when you interviewed with him. I think he was sitting right there with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was going down a, to Mexico. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then you may have – I was know going to stopped. race the Baja, the Baja 1000, and I had, I had a podcast scheduled with Bradley, and I had a podcast scheduled with uh, Billy Jean. And so I told my ex-wife, I'm like, yo, I'm taking Will out of school. He's coming with me for a week. And so literally, he, he, we road trip. We loaded up the race truck. We drove down to freaking Vegas. We hung out with Brad. We did the podcast with Brad. He was there with me. We went out to dinner. I met with some of my clients. We fucking ate fancy steaks and shit like that. And we drove down to San Diego and he hung out with me and then we went down to Mexico we dropped my race truck off we came back up we hung out with Ed Milet with Lewis Howes with Bedros with all these like fucking powerhouses and my son if you look at the picture on my Instagram and my Facebook my son's chilling at Ed Milet's house while I'm smoking cigars with Ed and my son's literally part of this conversation and he's watching dad live his shit I'm living my life I'm building this I'm doing this myself right and he's with me the entire time there's no better there's nothing that he could have learned in school about the Emancipation Proclamation or the fucking Indians and the Cowboys or any of that bullshit. It would have taught him what he learned that week, watching dad live his life. Dude, you are so fucking right. And I wish more people would recognize that. And look, I'm speaking for myself, you know, as well. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you shared that because I think it's so important that we do teach our kids you know, if they can learn whatever, like you just said, they can learn whatever the fuck the school teaches them. Guess what? They're not going to use half of it. They're probably not even going to use fucking quarter of it. No, you don't. I don't. Fuck me either. Me either. They, didn't, you know what I'm they don't teach you how to run a fucking business in school. They barely teach you how to fucking balance a goddamn checkbook. You know? They don't teach so, you that at all. They don't even do that now. Right. So, um, <laughs> Did your I'm going to say not- one more thing on this really quick. Okay. Just, just like, because it's on my mind. And this yeah. is to all the dads listening. Because I don't know how many dads you got listening. But this is to every single dad listening. I want you to really think about this for a second. You probably don't remember a lot of the shit your dad told you. But you remember everything he showed you. Like, you don't remember a lot of the stuff he told you about this and about that and about girls and about titties and about life and about business and about entrepreneurship and about love and about living. But you remember what he showed you. You remember whether or not he was at the games. You remember whether or not he took you out. My dad never took me fishing. I don't ever remember my father taking me out for guys night. 
as a child. Not one time. I can't recall one fucking time that my father took me out bowling and just fucking went bowling with me. I don't ever remember that. And so my point is like, if you're a dad, you can sit here and talk to your kid about life and about build your dreams, kid, go be an astronaut while he watches you work at some shit job that you can't fucking stand. But you can tell your kid all you want, like how to be a dreamer, how to be a baller, how to be successful. But if you're not living that shit, that's what he's going to remember. You can tell him, but you can show him. And I promise you, I'm a dad. I got three kids. I'm not spitting out my ass. I have no silver spoon. My parents were freaking average middle-class people. I haven't seen my dad in years. My mom worked two jobs. There's no fucking trust fund. There's no silver spoon here, dude. Like I built this shit from nothing. I built it from fucking nothing. And I can tell you that like, I'm showing my children how to live life. And if I lost everything today, you know what I do? I'd be right back where I'm at in six months. Yeah. And I don't say that to brag or to boast. I say it because every one of you dudes listen to this right now. You're going to create either, you know, a reality or an excuse. Well, Sean, you don't know how bad my divorce was. Fuck you. Yeah, I do. Sean, you don't know how hard it is. Fuck you. Yeah, I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you got one shot at this. So you can either like tell your kid how to go out and live a great, beautiful life and a powerful life while he watches you struggle, or you can go fucking do it yourself and let him watch you do that shit. And that's what he's going to remember when he's a freaking man. Yeah. You know, the video that, that they, that, that they played at the, at the RT live event. You remember the mm-hmm. video with the kid? Mm-hmm. That yep. was, that, that was a fucking powerful video. That was it's truth, man. Oh it's my truth. God. I mean, it made me think of how many, you know, it made me think of, of myself and like, God damn, like I, she, she knows if I'm telling, you know, if I'm a putting, putting on a front because I'm having a fucked up day and I say, Oh yeah, it's a great, she fucking knows. Dude, I tell my kids everything, bro. I tell my kids how much money I have. I tell them how much I make. I tell them what freaking, how much shit costs. I tell them about the whole thing. I don't hide anything from my kids. Well, Sean, you should fuck you. Don't tell me what I should or shouldn't do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I feel called to do. I'm going to do what burns inside of me. And I can tell you, if you, know, if, you see, if you see my kids, you look at my kids, they're pretty fucking good kids. They're pretty good kids, man. They're good kids. So Probably because gonna, you don't you know, try to fucking tell them what to do. Well, and, and you do live the way you live. And I believe that that makes a big difference. Um, you know, yeah, who the fuck knows, dude? But, but <laughs> you know, I, I, lo- I love – I love that you did that with your son. That's fucking cool as shit. Your ex-wife had to have fucking flipped her goddamn shit. No, dude, I have a great relationship with her now, man. It's it's beautiful. It's awesome. She's she's a great mom. She's a great freaking woman. I've got a phenomenal relationship with her, and we couldn't be any more blessed. It's like what she and I have built together, what what we have with our kids, the, the transparency, the honesty, man. I'm I'm a I'm a very 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 blessed man. Yeah. So why did you sell your? Why did you sell? Your truck. I have to ask. Uh, I just bought a new one. Oh, surprise, surprise! All right. So by the like time you, got... you release, by the time you release this, it'll already be in my garage. So I just bought a new. Uh, I bought a new race vehicle this morning. Awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah, the story touched me. I, the you know because I can only fathom how your heartstrings were tied to that truck. Uh, because there's a lot of fucking memories, dude. A lot mm-hmm. of good, a lot of memories. Um. Yep. My son's at school right now. And I literally texted him about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. I texted him pictures of, uh, I said, wait, it's time to go on a road trip. We got to go pick this thing up. And he was flipping out. So Dude, I bet. When are you posting pictures of it? Ah, soon enough. Soon enough. When I get it, we'll, we'll figure it out. 
But so yeah, when, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be racing. I'm not stopping racing. That's for damn sure. When is the next one? Um, I'm skipping the Baja 1000 this year. This is the first Baja 1000 in the last three years that I'm not going to race. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to spend this uh, winter dialing in the new truck, learning to drive it. My son's going to be driving it. Um, so we're going to spend quite a bit of time, like, learning more about the sport. I mean, I spent the last three years just kind of spending a ton of money, banging my head against the wall. It's, it's, it's an expensive hobby. It's a, it's a frustrating hobby. Um, and I decided like it, that I, where I want to go and what I want to do is better suited with a different vehicle. And so I chose to sell my truck, which I did. I bought a new vehicle and now we're going to dial in and, and we're going to be super competitive in 2020. So, uh, you know, I know that you had uh, back surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you was about nine months ago. Uh, 11 months ago. It was December. Okay. December of, of uh, 2019. So, um, what was, do you mind me asking what that was due to? Just wear and tear. It wasn't like a specific injury or whatever. I just, my, my, one of my discs started to tear and slide down my spine and everything that I did, just nothing could stop it. So it just kept tearing and tearing and finally just started pinching nerves and just being a freaking wild dude. Busting yeah. my body. Most people don't come out of that the way you have. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is? Cause I was committed because I was tired of being freaking frustrated because I was tired of being hurt. I was tired of my body hurting. So right. I was, but I mean, after on a, the on a mission, after. Yeah, I'm saying that's what I did. I just got fucking ruthlessly committed to getting my body in the best shape that it had ever been in. I mean, dude, I was, I was, I literally had major spine surgery. Like I should, I wasn't supposed to touch weights for six months. And it went, at six months I was ripped as fuck. I got pictures of me that are like, I was, yoked i'm in the best shape i've ever been in and it hasn't even been a year because i just got committed to it I, I i put every excuse to the side every day i wanted to quit every day i wanted to, it was hurting and this and that and the other i'm like dude you got i mean what are you gonna do you're gonna freaking bitch and moan about this you're gonna fucking go do it i just did it yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. fucking a dude well sean um dude i again can't thank you enough for you know spending this time with me and and educating me and everybody else on you know, the app and, and, and lines, not cheap. Um, Absolutely. You know, and your life, I mean, it's, uh, you got a fucking incredible story, dude. You really fucking do. I'm sure you hear that all the time, but, uh, super cool, man. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, I of course will stay connected with you. And, uh, if there's ever anything that I can do for you, then by all means, you know, to ask. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. You got it, brother. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.